Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello, greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome off you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading, scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 226. thought I'd do a little bit different thing uh, during this light week of NFL news. I thought I'd take a break from talking about the rookie class or the free agent class. Most of that has come to a little bit of a slowdown. And instead, I thought I'd talk about different trades that have taken place in my leagues, uh, most of which actually involve my teams. Uh, the best part about being a Dynasty freak is staying active all year long and making trades and waiver moves during the offseason as if there really is an off-season for Dynasty Freaks. So I thought I'd tell you about some of the trades that I've made to give me a chance to talk about players' values and maybe some players that you might find on rosters on your own or on other rosters that you might say, hey, I'd try to make a bid for one of those guys as well. So let's talk some trades. I'll talk about the trades that I've made uh, over the last couple months, uh, some other trades that went down in my leagues, just to give some comments on them. And then I will talk about some of the players that I've picked up off the waiver wire over the last uh, couple of weeks. All right, so let's start with some of my trades. Evan Ingram and 3.5 for Keenan Allen. So I traded away Keenan Allen, one of my favorite players, one of my most rostered players, to acquire Evan Ingram and the 3.5, and this was on a team where I've been a contender pretty much every season, but now I'm really beginning to need to rebuild. My team's getting pretty old. So it's also a team with terrible uh, roster at tight end with Brevin Jordan and Logan Thomas as my uh, top of my depth chart. I've been hurting at tight end for quite some time in this league. You know, Allen's on the wrong side of 30, and his dynasty value is definitely declining. And, you know, Evans Ingram's, you know, his uh, dynasty value is rising again, uh, even though he's 28 years old. Uh, Evans scored, you know, more points than, or Evan scored more uh, points than Keenan last season. Last season. And so it seemed like a pretty fair swap just between the two of them, given that Evan's going to start every week for me, given my bad tight end depth. Um, I really hope that Ingram, you know, can work out a long-term contract. You know, after he signed the, you know, under the franchise tag, they can still negotiate that later. If he does, I'm definitely going to like my side of the trade. But I think I'd be a bit disappointed if he's, you know, on another team next year, and this really is just a one-year deal. I really like how the Jaguars have used him and the chemistry that he formed with uh, Trevor Lawrence last season. As for Allen... The Chargers are very likely to draft a, uh, another wide receiver in this year's draft, and some of the mock drafts that I've been reading have them selecting a wide receiver in the first round. And so that, Allen's age, the likelihood that they might draft another wide receiver, made me more willing to part with Allen than I ever have been before. As for the 3.5 that I got to kind of uh, add a little bit to the deal, you know, it's not going to help me too much in a rebuild to have a draft pick that late, but the fact was, too, that I already traded away my second-round draft pick in that league. And so now I'm going to have the 3.4 and the 3.5 in the third round and kind of like having two picks back-to-back like that because it gives you a chance to take a chance on on something or double up, you know, double up on one position or something like that. Just hope that one of them hits. We'll, we'll see what happens. But in one that I'm trying to rebuild, it felt like a pretty even trade at this point in their careers. Ingram with his dynasty value going back up, Keenan with his going back down at the 3.5. Pretty fair trade. Obviously, I like my side of the deal because I accepted it in this case. Next deal is an interesting one. Um, Odell Beckham for uh, Taekwon Thornton. This was actually offered to me. I was offered Beckham for Thornton earlier this offseason, but I declined the offer at the time. At the time, it seemed to me like Thornton could have ha- could have like a starting role, particularly because uh, Jacoby Myers was a free agent and thought that he was going to leave the team and 
kind of was looking a little bit more hopeful for Thornton for this next year. Of course, Jacoby did end up going to Las Vegas, but then the Patriots signed Juju Smith-Schuster, arguably the best wide receiver available in free agency this year. Additionally, the Patriots have uh, been to two, I think, have been to several pro days of many of the wide receivers that are in this class. And so those facts facts, uh, caused me to just offer the exact same offer back, thinking that Thornton's going to get buried there under the depth chart again. And why not? Why not take a chance on Beckham and see which team he lands on? Um, I have tremendous depth at wide receiver in that league, including a host of second and third year players. And so that made me really more willing to, to part with, with Thornton than I would, would have been otherwise given the roster of that team. So I was willing to give up the much younger prospect for an unsigned free agent who has an attitude problem and maybe only has one or two productive fantasy years left, if that. If that. I'm taking a big chance here. Uh, Beckham, it's, ironically, in this league, Beckham was the 1.1 for me in the startup draft of this very same league seven years ago. Seven years ago, he was the 1.1 when I had the first pick in the draft after winning the last year of our redraft league, or it was actually a keeper league that after I won it, uh, we decided that next next year we're going full-blown dynasty. So seven years ago, he was my 1.1, and now he's back on my squad again, but this time not really seen as a 1.1, seen as pretty much a flyer. We'll see what happens. Interesting trade, at least. You might disagree. Next player is uh, next trade I made was Jerome Ford for Jermichael Hasty. Jerome Ford is a player that I've been trying to acquire most this offseason, but this is the first time that I got a, had a trade offer that was accepted. Uh, I've been trying to acquire Ford on the cheap just because I loved his college film and his production, and I feel like he could really prove something on the field this year now that Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson are out of his way, and the Browns have not really brought back anyone else, brought in anyone else to compete with Ford for Chubb's backup position. Um, I've been, like I said, trying to pick up Ford in every league that I have. And in this league, I actually happen to have Chubb, too, so I didn't do it just because of a, a handcuff situation. I just wanted him uh, on my roster, of all my rosters right now. I noticed the other manager in this league had Travis Etienne on his squad. And so I sent the offer with this comment. Handcuff for handcuff? Question mark. Uh, give him a hasty to, to for Etienne and Ford for me for Chubb. Uh, much to my surprise, he took it. Yeah, I think Ford is a much better player than Hasty. Uh, both could be you know, valuable next season if the starter ahead of him goes down or gets injured. That's for sure, but I think Ford would do far better. And from a dynasty perspective, Hasty, we've seen you know, seen him look good, but we've also seen his ceiling. We've seen you know, what he can do, whereas Ford is very much an unknown, and he has a chance to really prove something this year. And so his ceiling's much higher because we haven't, haven't seen it yet. We kind of know at this point what Hasty's going to be as a backup. So really happy that I finally landed Ford. I'm going to keep trying to get him in other leagues as well. This next one was a weird one. Uh, Mike White for 5.4 and 6.4 draft picks. 5.4 and 6.4. And I made this trade uh, for Mike White in a league that's actually transitioning to Superflex this year. And I have Tua Tungavaola and Daniel Jones as my starting quarterbacks. A decent pair, but not the best possible uh, duo. But I just wanted to get you know a little security at the position given uh, Tua's concussion history. And you know White signed a two-year deal with the Dolphins, making him their clear backup. And the team learned last season that backup quarterback's pretty important after losing to the Bills in a very competitive playoff game, surprisingly, with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback. White, you know, flashed a couple times with the Jets the last two seasons, enough to make the Dolphins think that they want to sign him to be their, uh, you know, backup behind Tua in case something else happens with Tua in the concussion department. I did the same, you know, I had the same faith in this trade. I figured giving up a fifth round and a sixth round pick was worth it just to, worth it just to secure a lot of times in this league, we get to balloon up to like almost 40 players on our roster. And so those extra draft picks that you have end up just being picks that, you know, you're going to have to end up making a hard decision on cutting or not 
at the you know, at the cut date time. So I was willing to give up with five and six, particularly because I made this other trade in the same league. Uh, same, same league. I got 1.6, 2.6, and 2.9, all for 1.4. 1.6, 2.6, and 2.9, just for someone to move up to take my 1.4. I was offered this package of picks in a league where the other manager must have a really high tier break at the 1.4 spot for some reason. And he must have a real high tier break at those rookie rankings because I only had to move back two spots in the first round and then collect these two second round picks as well. I was glad to accept this trade because I already traded away my second round pick and was eager to get two second round picks back. Um, I, have a, I have a tier break, you know, at 1.3 in my rankings personally with Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Jackson Smith and Jigba as my top three players, but my second tier is much bigger than that, so I was willing to move back from four to six. Plus, at the same time, I said this is the league that's transitioning to Superflex, and so quarterbacks are, you know, going to go in the top of top of this first round too, at least, at least a few. Even though it's a 10-team league, making quarterbacks a little less critical than in a 12-team league, I still think what I'm going to do now that I have this pick at 1.6, um, I'll be happy to take C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young if they fall in this draft that spot. If they don't, then I'm going to be happy to take the top player of my second tier. If the first three that I already talked about were gone and Robinson, Gibbs, and Jigba, Smith and Jigba, then that's going to leave me with my next pick of those quarterbacks or my next best player, who I call Jordan Addison. So I'd be happy with that plus collecting two second-round picks. Other managers are always really aggressive in this league, and so when he wanted to move up two spots, I had to smash accept it before he second-guessed himself. Um, I like it. Um, hopefully he's going to like who he gets it for, but I'm happy to have three for one in that deal. Now let's just talk about a couple other trades. There are a few other trades that took place in my leagues uh, that were uh, interesting. Uh, first was uh, Deontay Johnson was traded for Isaiah Pacheco and David Bell. Interesting. Deontay Johnson... For Isaiah Pacheco and David Bell. Now this trade was made before the free before free agency, so meaning before Bell got buried on the depth chart following the Elijah Moore trade. Still, it's you know it's kind of a fair trade, particularly if the manager thinks that Pacheco can build upon what he did last year. You know, at the end of the season with Kansas City as a starting running back, you know Clyde Edwards-Helaire is going to be there again to compete with Pacheco next season, and the Chiefs could easily draft a running back in this year's very deep running back class too. So that's interesting. Seventh round picks like Pacheco often get buried quickly when another back with a higher draft capital joins the team. But that said, he held off Edwards Hilaire last year, so he could do it again. Uh, we know what Deontay Johnson is at this point, and there's no way that uh, he's you know, going to be held without a touchdown like he was last season. That was an, an unbelievably unlucky. Uh, we won't know, though, the ceiling of Pacheco and Bell yet, because there's a possibility that we've already seen their ceiling in the best years of their career if they get buried here on their depth charts. Or they could, you know, improve. So pretty even trade. This one's going to take some time to see, particularly what happens in the NFL draft with Kansas City running back situation. Next trade is uh, one that I thought was pretty lopsided. was Najee Harris and Marquise Brown was traded again for Deontay Johnson and 1.5. So Deontay Johnson and 1.5 for Najee Harris and Marquise Brown. And this is a one-quarterback league. And I like Harris, uh, Brown side of this trade, simply because there's not going to be a running back better than Harris that's available at 1.5. So the manager who traded away Harris does have Travis Etienne or Ramondre Stevenson as a starters, but he doesn't have much behind that. He gave away a starting running back, and he's not going to be able to get one back at 1.5. If you want to look at Deontay Johnson and you know Marquise Brown as just kind of a wash in this trade, that's kind of how I look at it. So really, this trade comes down to 1.5 in Najee Harris, and I would much rather have Najee Harris 1.5 in this year's draft in a one quarterback league. 
Next trade was uh, Michael Gallup in 1.7, was traded for Jamison Williams in 4.3. Pretty interesting one here. Uh, this is a pretty fair trade all around, but I think I favor the Gallup and 1.7 side a little bit more. Uh, who knows what the 4.3 pick will be, and Gallup's value you know, dropped quite a bit when the Cowboys traded for Brandon Cooks. So just consider the Gallup and the 4.3 kind of just a wash in this trade, and it's really this trade is about 1.7 for Jamison Williams. Uh, who hardly played last season, you know, as recovering from his injury that he had in college. And, and he was really drafted about at the 1.7 spot last year in rookie drafts. Um, but so and you can look at it, it's really like a pretty fair trade. That said, though, this this team, this league is transitioning to Superflex this season. Uh, so the 1.7 is probably going to feel a lot more like a 1.5 uh, in a one-quarterback league if Stroud and Young are drafted in the top, you know, five picks of the draft. And so if that happens, I would much rather have the 1.7 in this in this league that's transitioning to superflex, than have Jamison Williams at this point, so that really tips the skills for me. Uh, there's a lot of unknown with Williams, that's for sure, which also makes him a pretty exciting player to have on your roster. I could see why someone would be willing to make that acquisition and just to see what would happen. Uh, that's got to be pretty fun for that manager too. But again, I think I'd rather have 1.7 than Jamison Williams in this year's draft. All right. Those are trades that other managers made in my leagues. Now let me just run through five players that I've been adding to my on and off of my rosters uh, during these last couple weeks during free agency and even some matters just you know within the last week or some you know a couple weeks ago. Um, definitely added a handful of players over the last few months, and here they are. Tyler Beatty. I first added Beatty, you know, upon hearing the reports that Javante Williams' recovery is taking longer than expected. And then the Broncos let Mike Gungo, Mike, Mike Boone go and Chase Edmonds walk also. And so Beatty was the next guy up at that time. But then the Broncos did what they did. They signed some IJP Ryan, and things changed quite a bit um, since P. Ryan's the guy that the new coaching staff selected and paired, thinks that they want to pair with Williams down the road. And so most leagues I still have Beatty uh, rostered because I want to wait and see. I want to wait and see how Williams progresses uh, through this injury and through this recovery. Plus, I really liked Beatty's college tape in production. I think he could still carve out a role uh, particularly in the passing game because he was so good at that in college. So I'm going to keep holding on to Beatty just to kind of wait and see what happens, certainly in the draft, but also as Williams' you know, reports become more clear about his recovery time. Next player that I've added in a couple leagues is Quez Watkins. You know, Watkins does obviously remain the wide receiver three behind the studs that the Eagles have in A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. But he, he still had his share of big plays last season. And so I just added Watkins in a few leagues, just in case Brown or Smith get injured. He's not a player that you're really going to be able to start with any consistency. But in deep leagues, you know, Watkins could be a startable player if Brown or Smith could get hurt. And, you know, that, that could definitely happen next year. So when the league's deep enough, Watkins is a good player that I just want to kind of have at the very end of my roster in case that happens sometime during the next season or so. Next player I'm probably a little bit different on than most, most but I, I'd like to pick up a little bit of Ashton Doolin. He's been the player probably that's been the most on and off of my rosters in my deep leagues over the last two years. Um, I've added him you know, back after the Colts let Paris Campbell go and Zach Pascal walk. Uh, they did not sign anyone really who I think could significantly challenge him and cut into his playing time. They did add Isaiah McKenzie, um, but he, ha he and Doolin have very different skill sets, so I don't think that they're a direct one-for-one. -one. I think McKenzie, like I said, a few weeks ago in one of these podcasts, I think that he's more just kind of a gadget guy, maybe a slot guy while Doolin, you know, really could be a starting receiver in three receiver sets. Uh, he's only had one year, but Alec Pierce, you know, didn't do anything to prove that he's a surefire wide receiver two for the Colts behind Michael Pittman. Uh, Doolin is definitely the last guy on my roster kind of player, 
But I've added him in a few leagues, and he kind of st- sits there right now. He's the last player on my roster. Two tight ends to talk about as we close. Uh, one would be O.J. Howard. Uh, I was quick quick to add O.J. Howard you know, to many of my rosters after the Raiders traded away Darren Waller and then learned that Frost Moreau, Moreau had the lymphoma and the illness that would sideline him. So I added Howard, or the Raiders added Howard and then Austin Hooper as their replacements. But Howard's been, you know, the guy that I've picked up in several different leagues. Uh, Howard's been a dynasty bust for sure, but he he really can blame a good bit of that and a bit of his troubles on his injuries. Uh, Two other of Howard's classmates, um, uh, David Njoku and Evan Ingram, they've, you know, had their ups and downs for sure, but they've actually starting to look up, both of them right now. And so the opportunity is wide open in Vegas. You know, Howard could do the same here this late into his career. And finally, one last guy that I'm taking a stab on is Logan Thomas. The Commanders are one of the teams, you know, most often linked to drafting, you know, a top tight end in this year's rookie class, which is, you know, super deep. But until they do, I'm going to keep holding on to Logan Thomas in a couple leagues uh, because he's still their starter and there's very little competition behind him. And Thomas has had spurts of, you know, great fantasy production you know, mixed in with the in- injuries and sometimes just complete vanishing acts. But the spurts of greatness, you know, make him a player that I'm still willing to roster in some leagues, and deep leagues especially, until the commanders draft a tight end. If they do draft one early, uh, Thomas would be one of the guys that would be most quick to drop. But those are some players that I'm picking up. Hope that gives you an idea of some, some people you might want to take a chance on and try to pick up if your leagues have the waiver wire open. And then certainly players in all of your leagues that you can trade for. It's trading season. Let's get active and stay dynasty freaky, right? All right, that's a wrap for this week. My freaky friends, thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Much better on email than Twitter. Would love to converse with you about the rookie class, about trades that you've made, about people you're trying to pick up off the wire right now, staying a dynasty freak. I appreciate it. I would uh, love it if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.